You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Anissa Foles. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Fergie Philippe. Hi, I'm Eliza Oman. Hola, soy Florencia Cuenca. Y yo soy Jaime Lozano. Hi, this is El Morgan Lee. It's Alex Brightman from Broadway and beyond. Hi, this is Joe Iconis. And this is Lauren Marcus. Y estás escuchando. escuchando. And you're listening to B-Way Show. B-Way Show. B-Way Show. The podcast. Hey, friends. Welcome to B-Way Show, the podcast. Your home for theater conversations from a passionate Broadway fan and reporter. I'm your host, Shoshana, and I want to start off by emphasizing Black Lives Matter, period. The show must go on! This week's guest is L. Morgan Lee. L. Morgan is an Obie Award winner, Lucille Ortel Award nominee, and an Antonio Award nominee for her performance in the Pulitzer Prize-winning musical, A Strange Loop, which gives her the distinction of being the first openly trans actor to originate a role in a Pulitzer Prize-winning show. She was recently seen as one of the faces of the Samuel Adams Love Conquers All commercial campaign in partnership with GLAAD. You can listen to Elle Morgan sing Silk from The Danish Girl, the award-winning book currently being turned into a musical. Catch her on Divas for Democracy, United We Slay, where the Divas of Broadway join forces with the Divas of Drag on October 18th at 8 p.m. Here's our conversation from May 22nd, recorded for my live YouTube series, The Show Must Go On, Line. Enjoy. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming on The Show Must Go On Line. Today's guest is L. Morgan Lee. L. Morgan, how are you feeling today? Feeling good. How are you? I'm great, thank you, especially for chatting with you. Ah, I'm I guess feeling good in terms of how good you can feel while one is in quarantine. Yes. <laughs> I just always remind of that. Yes, as well as we can be doing. I feel like there's this like, how I would be normally versus how I am during this time. So if I'm like having a good quarantine day, I'm going to say it's great. Mm -hmm. That being said, if I'm having a good quarantine day, it is also just a good day in terms of life in general. It is still a good day for me at least. I I try to to find the, I do try and find the light as much as I can. I love that. Yes, definitely positivity. I've been trying to do more things that like this ring, like what brings me joy? Kind of yeah. like that Marie Kondo thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now I'm adding to the list, which may be not the best thing. Hey, one has to do what they need to do during, during quarantine to keep their spirits up. You've also got like fun nail polish colors going. Yes, I have decided. I, I used to love doing this, especially the glamour nail. And mm-hmm. I stopped doing it because sometimes as a professional reporter, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, I should have gold or red or mm-hmm. nude. And then I was like, no, I can do whatever I want. And this makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that is what's important in this. And and you are your own, you are your own system here. It's like you you make all the decisions. So True. who's to I tell you what your dress code is supposed to be? Being your own boss sometimes has its advantages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> For sure. So to start with, this must be such an interesting time with award season and specifically a strange loop getting the Pulitzer Prize. Oh, my God. (laughs) There is I think I've heard Michael say a couple times in different interviews that there is no way for you to put that on your vision board. Right. So 
to be a part of, because the reality is, you know, I did not win the Pulitzer Prize. I was, I was a part of a production that I was a part of a project that won the Pulitzer Prize for Michael. But to even be a part of that project, it's like, it's not something that you go into shows having it. Like I had, I had no idea that the show would be received, how it's been received. Like, I think that, I think we all in the show knew that the show was special. We knew that it was good. We knew that there was something unique there, but to have that sort of confirmed by the powers that be, it's a very cool um, situation, especially because in the show, there is a scene with like, the theater gods, basically, who are sort of like raining down on Usher. So I was like, for the show to be received so well by those gods, it's actually like a really interesting turn of, uh, of events. Such an interesting point. Yeah, there are so many of those loops, strange loops. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. How did you first get involved with the show? I got an, a direct message on Facebook from Michael Jackson. In like 2015, I think it was, just asking if I might be interested in doing this reading of a new show that he was working on. He had went online and seen some videos of me and had gotten my name through someone else. I believe it was Gordon Leary, um, who was also a, also a composer and show creator. I had sung a song of Gordon's some years before that. So it was interesting to sort of get that sort of connection through. And then I checked out some of Michael's stuff online at that point. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, he's he's saying these things. Like, <laughs> I don't know if this is really like, am I going to be comfortable in this world of speaking? But it was so honest. Mm. And like, especially the clips. And I think, I think for the most part, the clips that I watched were him singing his own music, which to this day for me is maybe my favorite way of hearing Michael's material mm. is just Michael sitting at the piano because the language just reads so true and so full of hope and so full of life and Michael can sometimes say things that are very aggressive or like or could be could be seemingly you know othering to people who are looking to make our world a, a bad place but when he's saying them there's such a sense of hope inside of him that like you just accept it like you just listen and you you want to know more so getting to just watch him at the piano made me go, you know what? I have no idea what this project is going to be, but I'm curious. So I'm going to go to this rehearsal and see what this is. And the rest is history. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I hadn't actually heard him sing until that reunion video that y'all did. And then they clipped off at the end, him singing. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. His, his memory song is my favorite. And, and there have been some crazy beautiful singers that have sung it sort of over the years. But Michael's Without Fail is my favorite. Amazing. What was that reunion, a strange loop reunion? What was that like for you? It was a blast because some of us are on a couple threads, like text threads and such that yeah. we talk about like the Real Housewives of Atlanta or New York or Beverly Hills or Potomac. Um, and Michael is a part of some of those chats as well. And that's like a bonding thing for us is that, that we sort of guilty pleasure. I don't know if it's so guilty though, because I actually am pretty loud about the fact that I like them. Um, <laughs> but I mean, complete trash TV, but like okay. entertaining me. And I think that they, why was I talking about this? Oh, so, so we were talking about, we were talking about all the Real Housewives things and the Housewives of Atlanta had a virtual reunion. Okay. So we were like, hmm, 
that could be, um, and then James Jackson, I think was like, that would be maybe an interesting idea of things because we were sort of itching for something to do together. We felt like this was the time given all these different reunions happening and like virtual situations. We're like, why don't we just like talk about something? And James and Raja got together and like totally spearheaded this whole reunion. Like Raja should host everything. <laughs> he's like he's fantastic so take over this you know yes, um, no this is your space we do need women speaking true, true. Um, um, we don't need any cis men taking over women's spaces so i do think that it's like it's crazy like it just turned into like this night we had no idea what was coming all we knew was we would be there and that raja had some things in store it was a lot of fun i really wish that it could have been my only little tweet look tweak would have been if we could have been on the grid the entire time Right, right. Just, just you actually got to see like everything we were, because where we were in the system, we could see each other, um, uh-huh. but the stream was not showing everybody. But like there were, there were things that were happening sort of on our streams that were funny that like nobody ever got to see. Yeah, I, cause I would, I could hear people laughing in the background, but like what I was seeing. You couldn't see, yeah. Wasn't matching that. Yeah. And I was like, I think there was like this like waiting, virtual waiting room or like, other screen that all of y'all were on but yeah no yeah. we were full on there we, we were not in this breakout room or anything. We, were, we were all there the whole time wow oh that's amazing well I'm glad that even though we didn't get to see that like you got to see everyone just kind of like taking up that whole space and mm-hmm. I do I love those like videos of reunions I've I've been like a sucker for all of them just because it's it's fun. And, you know, especially having seen some of those videos that whoever made those the videos beforehand to like prep mm-hmm. and everything, like just mm-hmm. see the rehearsal process. Like I, as a reporter, I just, I love to see like. <laughs> some of those words, I was like, wait a minute, they were taping that day. That was just for us. What are you doing? What was, what was I wearing? <laughs> I always wonder that. Do they tell you like, hey, this tomorrow is going to be a film day? So usually if it's an actual film day, they will let us know that that's going to happen. Um, But sometimes there are just rehearsals made for rehearsals. Rehearsals made so that we can see the choreography. Like if we go home and want to review it, like there's a a file sent to us. Like I think a couple of those videos were like that kind of rehearsal tape. So I was like, y'all are going like real, real behind scenes that like we had no idea that this would be aired out for everyone to see. Um, I mean, totally fine. But I was like, for me, I'm like, oh God, I don't even, like I would never let myself be seen that way in public these days so whatever it's like yeah. one of those things that you should have get over it well I thought you looked amazing so <laughs> throw that out there <laughs> yes okay so I'm gonna tell you my little story of how I finally got to see a strange loop because that was it was yeah, because we have a picture together yes we do it makes me so happy so I I've been trying to see the show for like a, a pretty long time, but you know, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know which day I can go. And then you, you try to figure it out and you're like, Oh, I'll just wait till like next week or something to actually mm-hmm. buy the ticket. Mm-hmm. And then this guy named Lin-Manuel Miranda saw it and tweeted about it. And then all the tickets were gone. And I was like, no, like, I'm so happy that their show is getting sold out. But yeah. also, why did I not get it? So I went in person to do that, like, you know, they have like the, the rush sort of a thing. Yeah. 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 And I, I finally, I went with a friend and we were like the second person in line. So we felt pretty confident. And that was the night of the blackout. Oh. Yeah. So Whoa. we were there for like hours, like before I say how I actually got to see it, because spoiler My mom alert, was there that night. What what was that like for y'all, like backstage and everything? 
Um, we made a video. <laughs> did, you, did, did, did you see our video? <laughs> I, I, mean, share, I, I have to share a video with you. We made like a, like a, a boomerang that night. We were all downstairs just kind of like waiting to see what the decision was going to be. I was, I was particularly a little bit like, oh no, because my mom was here from out yeah. of town to see the show. And like, quite frankly, everything in the universe had told her that she shouldn't see the show that day. <laughs> she wanted to take the train up and like my, my family's in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Oh so she wanted to take the train up. Train, for some reason, like, was not working at the station that she was at. Then she was like, oh, do I have to take a bus? That would be ridiculous. But then she was like, well, I'm going to see if I can do the bus. The bus station had no attendant at the station she was at. And I was like, mom, like, clearly you don't need to come today because something's telling you no. So the man that my mom is dating drove her up. And I was like, you really were not taking no for an answer. She was like, I need to see this show. So I was like, okay, well, all right. And then the blackout. And anyway, we were, we were downstairs in the theater, sort of, I mean, like, I feel like I was almost fully dressed. And then we figured out that they might be closing things because other shows were starting to close. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, okay, well, before we finish getting dressed, let's all just kind of like hang out. We were down there like singing and like starting to like have a drink. Like it became became like, we're not going, like we're not going to go on tonight. And then when they decided that we were not out, you all have been waiting in the lobby area for a while. Quite some time. Because they called, what happened is they called people to come to the theater to see if they could like power the show with a generator or something. Um, Yeah. Like just in case things went out that they'd have some sort of support. But then they realized that there was no way that was it just was not going to happen. And then everything. The good thing is that we got out at the right time because Mm -hmm. my mom was staying at the Yotel just Uh a couple blocks over. Yeah. On like the 26th floor or something. So like we got we got to her room. The room was still like a little bit dark, like the hallways were kind of dark. And I'm looking out the window and then we just saw. Yep. Across and I went, oh my God. So like that night I had to walk down 26 flights of stairs at the hotel to get out. But I was like, thank God I wasn't coming up. Like that's fine, like leaving. Right. Went went to a friend's house where most of the cast went to a party that night. Yes. Because someone decided to have a blackout party. So we were like, well, you know what? Let's just go. So like we ended up going to this random party in Midtown. Um, yes. It ended up just being, a, it was a fun night. I mean, overall, I just yes. felt really bad for the people that didn't get to see it. Cause there are multiple people's families that were visiting and right. like lots of people here in the city just, and because it was sold out, it was like, we don't know when you're going to get to see it now. The front of house staff were being great, right? They're like, this is what's going on. Like, we're not sure, but we're trying today if you can, blah, blah, blah. So like we all kind of stayed for a while when it was decided it wasn't going to be there. We did like a little Times Square tour just to see like what was going on. Like people were singing in the streets. It, it was like- Hey, Sound had a whole concert. I know. Well, so we got that message and we darted to Hadestown and we got yeah. there like right after it was over. <laughs> I was like, they full on, they were ready to go. I was like, well, we could have, the thing is, in theory, we could have, we were talking about like, we should just go upstairs and like, a song from the show in the lobby for everybody. But like, not everybody was on board for that. So, so, did, right. so then I'm not turning out. Yeah. Like, this would have been sort of a fun thing to just be like, well, we're all in this together. It's, it's hot in here. And it was hot in there too. I think so hot. Yeah. It's also like a hindsight thing, right? Like in the moment, you're like, I don't know. But afterwards, you're like, oh, that would have been fun. But also I could imagine if you're like, 
am I going to do a show tonight? You also, <laughs> you're kind of like all swings, kind of, you know? Yes. Well, because you didn't know, we didn't know if they were going to be like, all right, 15 minutes, throw everything together. And I had like full makeup, like, full, like I was ready to go. Um, but I was like, this is not like Mike is under, Mike is under wigged and like all these things. Like there was a lot of rigging going on. There, so. Wow. Well, and then because the show was so popular, they added dates and I like I got the notification and I messaged a few friends like, yo, I'm going this day. I will get two tickets. Who's coming? And so we got to see it. We were like right up front, too. So like the fact that the show is kind of like in your face at times. was Wait, how close? How close were you? We were like front, I would say like three or four rows. It's one of those shows where you're like, yeah, when the the house happens. Yes. Yes. I always feel like when I'm having these conversations, I don't know how much to say because like to reveal. Sure, sure, sure. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yes. Right. I know. Cause I know it was announced when I spoke with Michael yesterday, he was on here. If anyone wants to check that out after, <laughs> but he said that it's going to be next year now in Washington. Mm-hmm. In, DC, yeah. in DC. So something to look forward to in the future. And who knows, you know, just, theater gods i just i want as many people to see it as possible yeah no a broadway moment would be really lovely for the show part of me inside sort of wishes that after all this sort of starts to settle down a bit that i mean i don't want any i don't want any theaters to be empty in terms of people losing their jobs that they already sort of have but because we know that the reality is that more shows probably will close just because of the nature of the beast part of me inside hopes that that'll be a moment where some you know the right house owners will go we need something in here let's get something in and then throw us in like that to me would be like a really great situation because I feel like on the other side of this pandemic for that show to be one of the ones that comes through the light would be like I just think it would be really lovely in terms of messages about where theater has the potential to go right um after all of this because our our world will never be the same again and our business will never be the same again so it's like that would be such a lovely turn of events for out of the darkness for there to be just oh this light gets to shine in it on a larger platform totally it's amazing to see a show off broadway do so well and i think it also shows that there is this need for these shows that might typically be like more of the off-Broadway shows just because they're not getting that availability on Broadway, but mm-hmm. there's a want for it. There's a hunger for it. So yeah. like, I know for sure that if it gets to Broadway, knock, knock on wood, you know, hopefully yes, that mm-hmm. I will be, you know, singing its praises because we need those diverse voices. We need shows. Yeah. There needs to be that transition into like, look at sure. these great voices. Look at these female voices, these black voices, these black gay men voices. Like I am, I am all about expanding the horizon of what what is possible. And I don't know if you can see what what it says. Protect black trans women. I saw that shirt online after Ezra Minas, who's in Jagged Little Mm, Pill. I love Ez. Mm Mm-hmm. Me too. We had an awesome conversation the other day and I was like, Ooh, I should get that shirt. And I wore it with them. So I was like, I'm not going to wear it again, but I'm going to take it. Every time there's a guest who's dressed, see, I'm with you. (laughs) I know. I know. And I know nobody who's watching is like, she wore that the other day, but in my head, 
there's that like that little oh but you know no you always know I mean that's the thing even with this whole period that we're in now there's so many different self-tapes happening and like self-tape style performances happening so like recently I've had I've had to start like keeping track of what I've worn on self-tape performances so that I don't look and go oh gosh you wore that again here here you go you wore that again you already wore that green dress I have to figure out what performances lined up with what outfit Right. Yes. It's, it's a thing. And I, I was watching your incredible videos about the, like the wigs and the glam reviews. And I think those are wonderful. And I learned so much. (laughs) How, like, how did that get started? I don't even know if that's actually going to continue. I am very much a wig girl. <laughs> like I wear lots of different wigs. Um, well, not lots of different. I, I buy lots of different wigs, but I don't necessarily wear lots of different. I'll take yeah. pictures with lots of them. But I I watch videos on YouTube oftentimes before I choose to buy certain wigs. Like if a new one comes out, I'll see it pop up on YouTube. I'll go, oh, that's interesting. Let me like check out this video. And I watch a couple people and like see what it looks like, how it moves, what their reviews are for the wig. I just, it's a good way of like finding out all the, all of the inside scoop on the product before you spend the money. Um, And for the most part, like I don't spend a ton of money on wigs. So like, you don't know which ones are going to be good and which ones are going to be like, oh my God, this looks like plastic. If it's synthetic, it might be sort of really shiny and really unattractive and then no one ever sees it. And it just is like money wasted. So I don't want to have to do that. So I watched these videos and I kept thinking there's not really any, I don't watch or see anyone doing this that are specifically trans women. Um, And I was like, I feel like, why aren't we represented in this sort of beauty industry area of like social media or YouTube? And the thing is, there are there are trans girls who are models, but they're not doing they're not doing like product situations. Um, and I was like, the thing is, it might be helpful. Like if I knew someone that was a trans woman that was on your triangle wigs, I'd probably check out her videos just to see like how she's feeling about it. If there are any little things that like make it specific to, um, you know, trans needs for some purpose. And I don't really think that there's, there's not really that much difference in what, you know, a black cis woman wants to do with the wig versus a black trans woman. Um, but I do think that it would be helpful to, for someone to know, oh my God, I, I don't look crazy or I, or I could do this and it'll be, it'll be okay. Because yeah. for me, getting into wearing wigs was a process um, because I, I grew up in a family where no one really wears them. Mm. Um, so like people, people will, you know, wear extensions and those sorts of things, but they wouldn't know wear like a wig. Um, and so the idea of having, having hair look particularly wiggy is like not necessarily that desirable. So like, it's, it's sort of a, for me, it's always been sort of a, I want things to look sort of as natural as possible, but yeah. still like, oh, okay. Like, and the thing is, I watch, like I said, I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac. I'm watching all these shows where they're wearing like crazy wigs constantly and such heavy makeup and such big lashes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, but yet I'm still going like, what if someone goes, oh my God, she's wearing a wig. Like I, I just, there was a thing inside about it. So I was like, I know what, I'm gonna, I am definitely a wig lover. So why wouldn't I try this out and maybe see how it works? And I did like two videos and I'm just always sort of on the, of the, on the, the seat of, do I want to keep this going? I don't know that I want to keep it going. But I also don't want to take the two that I have posted down because I think they're kind of, it's, it's, it's does show an element of sort of who I am and it shows an element of sort of what my sort of branding is starting to become a bit. Like if I look at my Instagram page, it's like, there's no, 
there's no getting away from the fact that beauty is definitely something that I find interesting. So why wouldn't I elaborate a little bit on that here and there, even if it's not a part of like the bigger brand? Um, it's, it's an interesting situation because you have to, it's like playing that line between realizing that we are in a business that is so based on people's perception of you um, and the types of things that you will be brought in for, the types of things you won't be brought in for based on those perceptions. So the reality is, is while I am a person who is certainly interested in beauty and certainly interested in areas that are associated with beauty, the types of roles that I really want to play the most are a little bit more gritty and like everyday and not, they're not necessarily like the pretty girl. Like they're, they're, they're usually like the woman who's a a wife and a mom and she's having a problem with her family. And she's, I mean, this was something that even I'm segueing all over the place. Um, but I was like, it's, it's something that like, even in conversation with like reps, like the fact that I realized my, (laughs) the headshots that I have, they, they have on a number of times have been like, oh, Morgan, we really could use uh, just like a really just casual, laid back, like everyday girl, you know, like a pullover and a cup of coffee, like that girl. And I was yeah. like, I've given you that. And they were like, no, not really. They're all, <laughs> they're all very like pulled together. And I was like, but no, but that one is. They're like, no, 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 no. You need to give us one that's just like real basic. And I was like, but that is, that is real basic. <laughs> But they were like, you're just too, it puts people in the mind of like, oh, this is sort of a glamorous picture. So what I ended up having to do is take some pictures um, and I sent them just completely raw, completely like nothing, no cleanup, no nothing. Um, And I was like, I'm going to send you these pictures because... I, I mean, like I'm wearing like a tank top and like a sweater. And I was like, this is really like my expression is a bit different. Like, okay, mind you, I take headshots for people. Like that is one of my like survival situations. And like the very things that I have everyone else do, I realized I had never really done in my own headshot. Like the things that I'm looking for, the type of variety I'm looking for, I was just trying to keep them updated on like, oh, I've been wearing this sort of hair that has like a blonde tint to it. So I want you to have an update on what that looks like. I wasn't thinking like the specifics of who is she? Who is she going to be called in for? What type of roles? So so the reality is the things that, because they've seen self-tapes from me. Right. And they were like, we get these self-tapes. We're like, this is good. Like, this is, we're really enjoying this self-tape, but we don't have a headshot that would sell this character. Like, she's really emotional. You don't have anything that says that. Everything's very like that pretty girl next door. And you're like, that's not, that's not what we're necessarily trying to go for here. Have that picture, but we also need that one. Um, so, so I was like, I have to be careful with the, I have to be careful with the beauty things on my page because I'm like, I want to keep that maybe like, this is fun for Instagram, but I don't know if I should be doing like, reviewing these products, even though I do have a problem with buying them. I have an obsession. (laughs) Well, if it means anything, Eden saying the wig and glam YouTube videos. Yes. (laughs) Eden Lane. I love Eden Lane. She's one of my sisters. So interesting, especially in this like social media era that like, you know, people have so many different sides to them. And personally, I love to show all of those sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I love theater. I love sports. I love comics. Like I, I don't necessarily fit that one, like, you know, lane that people would necessarily expect. Like I used to be a sports reporter and a news reporter, Oh wow! Mm -hmm. you know, and, 
And you would never expect that as someone who also loves covering theater. And I used to be like, oh, these are like two separate things. It was interesting as you're saying that because Eden Lane is a journalist oh. who, is all, who is also an actress. So like yes. those things sort of work. They can all, those fields work together really well. Totally. I'm also a photographer. So I, so when oh. I thought that you are, I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> the thing is, there are lots of conversations about sort of branding and that kind of a thing that come into play with actors where, you know, the idea of, you know, your brand is you, your brand is everything that you bring. Your brand is all of the, the small details that make you into the person that you are. I do think that it's like, yes. And one has to be aware of the business that they're in and how those perceptions are used within that business. So it's, it's, it's a matter of, do I need to share sort of every element of myself? I don't necessarily know if that's always going to be useful when I'm a part of specifically a marginalized group that has almost no visibility. Um, And, and the visibility that we do have is oftentimes very opposite of that, which I do naturally. So it's like, so it becomes a, I have to sort of in some ways completely direct people to see the right thing so that I can get inside of the room to be able to push the walls open a bit. Yes. When you say it like that, you're like, oh, yes, because <laughs> we need my, my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, but we we need more trans representation. We yeah. need more women of color. We yeah, need yeah. more women in general. Period, yeah. Women, women of yeah, color, yeah. trans women, yeah, trans yeah. men, non-binary. Yeah. There's just, yeah. there's so many voices out there and that's, like, especially when you were saying about hopefully, you know, if, if a strange loop found its way onto Broadway with an open house, there needs to be more on Broadway that gets marginalized voices excited mm-hmm. and represented. And that's one of one of my favorite things about a strange loop is that I love that it's being recognized the way it is specifically from the trans lens because the show is being applauded and giving given sort of props and the role that a trans woman played in the show is not written as like like my gender has really nothing to do with the show so the fact that i the fact that i'm trans has nothing to do with the show that's why even like straight like funny enough it's like even getting that like lucille lortel nomination that was a really big deal to me because i saw that as yes for getting seen in a role that is just about being a woman Simple, like just that simple. And too often trans women are put into situations where we're having to dissect our transness on the page, pages written by people who are not trans and who there were no trans people on the creative team and there were no trans people in the producers, but yet our journeys are being dissected within an inch of its life. And while those stories are important to be told, you want them to be told with the kind of nuance that comes from having a trans writer on board or a trans producer or someone, because the projects that I've gotten to do where that has been the case are just always so much deeper and so much, to be honest, just so much more beautifully written because the people that are writing them understand. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you are a trans body in the space doesn't become the ooh la la. That is something that colors the experience of this character. Right. Um, or that is something that like in the strange loop, I will bring something different to that track than say, you know, a cis woman who's playing that role. Yes, I bring something different, but because it's written for a woman, then that the cases and the situations that she goes through are ones that each actress will bring their own things to. Um, like someone was asking me, they were like, so is, is, is she trans? There are people 
There are trans actresses who say every role I play is trans because I'm trans. Yes, am. <laughs> for me, it's like, good for you. Yes, am. But however, I would like to play, <laughs> I would like to play women who are pregnant, women who go through things that mm-hmm. cis women go through are roles that I also want to play. Mm-hmm. So for instance, in A Strange Loop, is the, the sympathetic ear trans? I mean, I guess she could be, but that was not, in my head, no. In my head, actually, in my head, actually, the only person that was trans out of my, like, people I played in my characters were in the number Exile in Gayville. Right. <laughs> um, where all of the thoughts are, are people on the apps. In that moment, I was specifically a trans woman. Because otherwise, there is no reason for, there are no cis women on some of these apps that are meant for sort of, that Usher would be going into. Right. The reality is, trans women, half the time, I mean, there are many trans women on those apps we oftentimes don't necessarily feel comfortable in those spaces, but also where are we supposed to go? Where are we supposed to go? Because it doesn't matter where we go. We're always encountering the same kinds of men. There are men who go on those apps specifically looking for trans women. And there are men who go on plenty of fish or all these other things that are, you know, looking for women of all kinds. Um, so in strange loop, I'm just really telling all about these apps. Um, <laughs> but in a strange loop, um, but in a strange loop, Exile in Gayville was the only, that's the only one that in my mind, I was like, she's trans specifically. Otherwise it was just a matter of, she's a woman. I, I mean, I don't think that it's necessary to know what she is or what she isn't. It's not a part of the story. So. Yeah. I think that's such a, an important aspect to talk about that. Like, I feel like sometimes we have to bring up, you're the first openly trans actor to be a part of a... situation. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. And it's... And like, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but might be first trans Lucy Lortel nominee, too, for an actress. I don't know, a period or just... Like, it's a really weird question to have to, right. like, want to ask these people to be like, am I the first nominee? Because <laughs> it's like... Right. But, like, the, the reality is the world that we live in, maybe because we're not seeing that representation enough that exactly. the performances would be recognized. Right. That's where I feel like, as a reporter, we bring that up now so that people especially like growing up, see that they're represented so that we hope in years we don't have to bring that up because it's just normal. Yeah. Even just being a black actress, that comes up that the fact that I'm black comes up. So that's, I think that that's something that will, things are moving as slow as they are, but they are moving. Um, And that's honestly, that is one of my biggest reasons for doing everything I do is that specifically for that is that I want some kid to look at things and to go oh my gosh she's like me that's to me that's whether she's trans or whether she's black because that could just be a black girl is like oh my god there's a black girl there that's getting nominated for things and that's working and that's going on tv and all this like these are things and there's lots of women who are doing that so the pool of people is there but I just I want kids to be able to look up to something because I think if there was someone out there for me to see when I was little I, and very, for many reasons, I might have come out a long, a long, uh, uh, much earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, just if I'd seen that out there, just that language was not, was not given to me. That language was not given to me as an option. So I think having that available makes a difference. Amazing. So well said. Thank very you. inspiring. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful to see people who are making it, right? Yeah, who are like yeah. thriving. Yeah. And also like, I want to help the future and the children. Mm -hmm. Very, it's very nice. 
So I, I want to talk this time. I feel like it's just flying by you <laughs> forever. I love to like look at people's websites and YouTube channels before we go on these chats, just so I feel like I have a, a better understanding of the body of work and the, the songs that you've sung and the dialogues that you've done on your channels have been very like a breath. And especially side note, I'm all, already going on a tangent. I loved how you ended one of your videos. Like, let's take a breath together. And I, I just stood mm. here and I did that. Oh, yay. That's why I, I did it. Yes. And I was feeling like a little anxious, like I was in my head about something. And I did that. And I'm like, wow. It's amazing how taking a deep breath, like, and especially as a community. Yeah. Let's take a second, everyone. And let's take a deep mm. breath. Mm. Oh, wow. It's always lovely. It's always lovely. <laughs> I'm never upset about doing that. No. Thank you. Thank you for that inspiration. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. So let's first start with the Suddenly Seymour because I, I love that. And just like, tell me how that started. So I got a message from the people at Broadway Stands Up for Freedom. And they basically said that someone had given them my name. I believe it was Shakina Nafak um, gave them my name. Yeah. Um, and Shakina, who is MTF and who did Transparent and Difficult People, who's doing really well right now. So um, yes. but I believe that she gave them my name. And so they were like, what do you want to sing? Can you throw us a couple options of things? And if you're willing to do this concert, I was like, if I'm willing, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to do this concert. Um, and I was like, are you crazy? It's a town hall. And who's in this concert? Yes, I will be there. So I threw out a couple of options, which are my go-tos, which are like very like emotional and kind of like spality. And they came back and they were like, do you have anything maybe that's a little bit more like, they were like, can we be honest? We really need some like musical theater of fun. Right. So I was like, you know what? What about Suddenly Seymour? Because Audrey is a role that I would love to play for a number of reasons. My dream roles are all ones that I do think that you don't need to change who the role is, yeah. but having me in those roles would inform the material in sort of a nuanced way that I think would bring something special to the projects. So this idea of having a Black trans woman play Audrey was something that I had really been sitting with and actually become more and more like, this could happen, this is real. So I was like, I'm going to choose Suddenly Seymour because I want people to see that this is possible. I want people to see that it is possible to have a Black trans woman play Audrey in Little Shop. And that is specifically why I chose that song. So then I was like, I know that George is doing the show, so would George want to sing it with me? They came back and they were like, oh my God, he would love to. This would be so much fun. So like, we had no rehearsal. <laughs> we literally, we literally got their day of sound check. Sound check, we sang it together. And we were like, okay, nice to meet you. <laughs> here's, here's the song. Let's see if this works. And then that, that was it. And then we did it that night. Like, it was like, we had no moment to like, really rehearse and settle in and really feel each other out. Like, no, no, we literally like did it at soundtrack and then did it in the show. So like there was no development. So I was, and I was someone that like, I know I never sung at town hall before. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of a, oh God, what am I walking into situation for me inside a little bit. And that's something that I sort of have started I'm sharing. That was like, that's something that I've had to, something that I've had to deal with a bit for myself. There was a moment with the director of the concert. We sang the song and I was, in at George the whole time. I was just, because to me, it's like, if we're singing this 
this duet. I'm so available to you as my partner. And I want to make sure that we are telling this story together. And the director was like, girl, take your moment. Just turn out and just go. Let Seymour follow you. And I was like, um, that's awkward. I don't know. I don't really know how to do that. I don't really do that. Like, I, he's standing here. Like, I want to see to him. He's she, standing beside you. Standing beside me. But he was like, this song is not about that. This song is literally, he needs to be able to sort of like, just look at you. And I was like, ooh, that just informed the song in a very different way for me. And that it completely stepped into it's something that's been revisited over the past, in particular, over the past year for me. Yeah. has been moments where I am told, completely take all of your light and like, just let go and just own your space and your moment. And it's yeah. crazy because it's something that I've told other people. But then I realize I'm very much like an only child and a bit of an extroverted introvert. Um, okay. So yep. things like standing on stage and just going like, see me is like not what comes naturally to me whatsoever. Right. I'm so much more like comfortable when I'm enveloped into like a duet between us. Mind you, I want to be a leading lady in terms of like the things that I'm playing. So like, girl, you need to get used to doing that. If that's the scene that you want to sit in. Yes, please. Um, but, but that's something that like I, I had addressed a number of times over the past year in particular where directors have said things like, just so you know, I had a, a reading that I was in and the director was like, you're the lead in this show. It's okay for you to just be stingy a little bit. Don't feel like you don't feel like you need to always acknowledge everyone around you on stage. We're watching you. And I was like, eh, that's so not natural though. I need to be able to be in the scene with these people. But you realize stage is a craft and that you turning out and just being out, everyone in the audience will understand that you are still listening to what's happening here. So it's like one of those things where you, it's like the reminders of Mm -hmm. we're not on film. We're not intimate in this way. We are filling a very large space. So doing it at town hall was crazy. Um, And then afterwards, like the night sort of just like raced by. It was so fast. And George was like super sweet. Yeah, it was like, it was just, it was a really special night. And I, it was one of the first performances that I'd done with that kind of audience since I'd come out at that point. I had only come out like maybe like six months before that or something. But it was in a lot of ways like, pulling my own sort of understanding of myself together in terms of like how I present places and what I wear and how I was still getting very, very like just starting to get comfortable with certain things. So it was one of those moments where I look back now and think, oh my God, the following year I did, like I just did it this past year. And I was like, it's so funny because the difference in my comfort in the space and the difference in like who I am in the space was so different. But I would like to believe that on some level of things, I would like to believe that the universe heard me saying, I am singing this song because I want the world to see that it's possible for a black trans woman to play Audrey. And then fast forward to that summer when that happened. Um, I I do think that like, I should have been a little bit more specific and said that I wanted to play, (laughs) Um, but but the universe does what it needs to do. And I think that it was, that was a very important moment for MJ who I love. So yes, I actually saw that performance. Oh yeah. I love George. I was like a huge proponent of the whole be more chill family. And I, when I heard that he and MJ were going together and I'm like a huge pose fan. So I was like, I literally, I heard that it was announced and I bought a ticket and I flew across the country and I was off. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Yeah. I, a huge, huge fan. And it was so cool to see MJ at the stage door because, you know, George 
had that experience at the stage door. A different stage door when yes. you are a lead on a TV show coming yes. out versus being in Red Off Broadway when it was like one of your first things. Right. So that is, being that bombarded is with the stage door is probably a very different experience then. Because she was like looking around like, I, do you want me to sign? Do you want to talk? Do you want to? And I was like, it was, it was amazing just seeing that interaction and, mm-hmm. and the love and the support. And I totally agree. Like what a powerful message to have her. And, and I would love to see you yeah. as Audrey. So I'm yeah. putting that into the universe. Yeah, I'm like, look, if this off-Broadway version were to try and come back, I mean, <laughs> throw me in, you know? I, because what the reality also is that they changed some of the keys for MJ. And had they done that, it would have made it more difficult for me because I can just sing the role as it is. So, so it would have it actually made it more difficult for me if you had to start switching things around. So, like Audrey's in like a really good spot, right? As it is. So I think that like this off-Broadway production, in, for instance, which was like the standard little shop situation, yeah would have been a lot of fun to play with too. I was like, just bring George back to New York. Let us do it again here. Because to get a rehearsal would be really lovely. Yes, okay. <laughs> just one. We only need just one. A, just a rehearsal would be more than we got for that one moment. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I can tell you, I and so many other people would be all for it. So let's yeah. And I'm all about like manifesting your. Oh your my God, I so am. So. I so am. Mm-hmm. Thoughts become so. things. Yes. Oh my God, that would that would be amazing. So okay, I'm gonna transition ever so sure. slightly because I saw. So I saw the the Danish girl that you did. Mm-hmm. That was that was beautiful. And tell me a little bit about that project. So quarantine, crazy. It feels like maybe almost a year ago, David followed me, who was the author of the book, The Danish Girl. He followed me on Instagram and I was like, who is this? I was like, wait, da- The Danish Girl? I was like, okay, that's an interesting follow. Fast forward to this quarantine starting and then I got an, a message from the composer, Alex Parker, who made a comment. He was saying that, they had, he, that he had been following me for a little bit on social media and was curious if I'd be interested in maybe like singing this song that he'd written for a project he was working on. And so I was like, hmm, this is interesting. What is this? I, I responded and was like, yeah, I'd love to chat. Like, sure, let's chat. And so once we did, and he told me it was the Danish girl that he's been, he's been working on and they have not released any of the music. And then that they felt like I was the one to release this song. I was like, okay, can I hear the song? I was like, you're t- because you, you, you get these inquiries and you're like, I'm so honored that you're thinking about me, but I'm nervous because I know that I don't know how you see me exactly. And I want to know that yeah. how you see me is how I want to be seen. So he sent the song. And to be honest with you, he doesn't even know this. I literally started crying listening to the song because I was like, this is one of the first times that someone has presented material in front of me that has made me actually feel seen musically, as well as content, as well as like, because the reality is the Danish girl, the story itself is certainly one that I connect to. Um, And I saw the movie and I did feel uncomfortable that Eddie Redmayne was playing the role because like the casting is sort of off, like it should be a trans woman. Um, And like, and and to be honest with you, specifically a trans woman, like not even like, there are some things that I do feel like you know, there, there should be, there can be a lot of flexibility around who was cast in terms of gender variance and like a non-binary person could play it or this or this. But I feel like this particular kind of journey is like so specifically a binary trans woman. I think that having a cis man play it was just completely in the wrong, but 
if there was going to be a cis man to play it for the purposes of this film, I think that Eddie's portrayal was beautifully done. And I think that his sensitivity is so lovely to watch. So I do think that you were watching someone who truly wanted to get inside of her and figure out who she was. If that movie were to happen today, that would, I would hope, not happen. But with Eddie in that role, it was like, if there was going to be a cis person to be playing this, then... Eddie was the right person to choose okay. for that because I think what he did was beautiful. And like, I'm not someone that I, I'm very realistic about where we are in terms of the progress. Yeah. Um, and at that point, that was not a place that we had really been dissecting in a way of seeing if people were being other or that kind of thing. Right. Um, so in any case, I got the, I loved the story. I mean, when I saw the story, I was like, this story is so incredible. It's so great. And I got the music and I was like, this song is everything I've been asked. It's like literally everything I wanted to do in a lot of ways. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. I will sing this. And he was like, that's amazing. I want to have a meeting with you to chit chat about it a little bit and know that like there's going to be orchestration and there's going to be like a 30 something person choir. I was like, oh, this is going on. He's like, they've all been submitting their tapes and their things and it's all coming together. So I got it together. I just, I learned the song and recorded it and sent it in and the project seems so cool. And like, it's crazy to me that it took something like being in quarantine to have a team from London contact me about some, because they're based in, they're based on the West End. So yeah. they're, none of that is here. So I was like to have this team that's in another country altogether. And like, because of Alex who wrote Silk and who's the composer of the show, because of that, he's having me, like he asked me to be a part of this other concert he's putting together, um, right. Kings of Broadway, that streams at the end of the month. And I was like, I was like, let me just look at these people on this list. And I'm like, oh my God, these are all like really like namey people on the West End. And I'm going to be like in the mix with these folks. So like, it's special. And like, I, yeah. I definitely kind of geek out a little bit about some of these things. Like, oh my God, I'm getting like, this is like West End visibility. Like, like that's kind of cool. Amazing. It's great because I know that ultimately, you know, knock on wood, if things continue to go well with this sort of development of the show, yeah. it would be a real gift to get to do that role in London on the West End. Wow. Like that would be, that would be kind of everything in a lot of ways. Well, uh, so yeah. like fingers, fingers crossed that that all, I've, I don't, like I don't even know how this works. We're, we are in conversation. I'm just very curious of how it all works. And I would love for it to work out because the two of them, Katie Lamb and Alex Parker are, they're beautiful people. The sensitivity they have to telling this story and to really wanting to get it right I think is really great. Um, and they've looked at the, they're looking at the source material, they're looking at where trans people are now and how people are viewed now. That is thought about as they're developing the show. And they're looking to make sure that the cast itself reflects sort of this world where anyone should be able to play anything. Um, so so it's, 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 it's exciting kind of what they're cooking up. And I hope that it all turns out really well. And fingers crossed that I can be a part of it. That would be amazing. I know there there are these these moments in quarantine where you're like, I never expected or wanted this to happen. And and so many parts you're like, I, I miss doing all these things. But then when the, a beautiful moment comes out of it and you're you're able to be grateful and take it in, it's like, all right, you know, I don't know if everything happens for a reason. Sometimes I believe it, sometimes I don't. But I'm I'm so happy when when good people like you get these like beautiful moments because of it no I, I i mean i'm definitely i'm definitely someone that believes that everything happens perfectly mm -hmm. I, I, and i think 
specific, I say perfectly instead of for a reason, but I think it's, everything happens perfectly and it is not always good. And it is not always things that we want to deal with, but in a lot of ways, I do believe that we put out into the universe, the world that we want to live in. Right. We can't tell the universe how to get us there. And unfortunately, I think that that journey sometimes meets us, um, presents us with obstacles and things that are soul crushing and life crushing. But for purposes of the greater good, certain things had to happen to get us to these places. I don't even start to ask, like, I understand how that works. Yeah. Um, because there's such awful things that there have been thousands and thousands of people during this pandemic that have died. Right. Um, but on some level, there is still that optimist inside of me that's like, oh, it's creepy and kind of cringy to feel this way. But all of this stuff had to happen in order for us to live in the world that we want to live in. and giving so much honor and and love and light to the families of the people who has lost people during this. It's cringy and weird to say, but like that it took what this, what this is that's happening. It's going to take this to get us to that place that we want to go. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I can't even start to act like I understand it, but if I believe that, then it's, it has to apply across the board. It can't just be when it's convenient for me. Right. Like the, the positive things can't just be the, the reason that you think everything. (laughs) Right. It's like, no, no, there's no, cause I don't believe in failure. I don't believe in like, there's no such thing as, as if I don't book an audition or I don't book a gig, it's like, I can't get upset about that because I wasn't supposed to do that. Yes. Because there are gigs and things that are lined up for me to have. There are things that are mine to have. I wasn't supposed to play Audrey in Little Shop in California because there were other things that were meant for me to be doing it during that period. And because that was a gift that was that was for MJ to have to present to the world. Because when they did that Letterman show, I mean, the reality is, and I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever publicly talked about this, but the reality is, is I, I mean, I know MJ and I know when I found out that she was cast, which was actually well before it was announced, I found out that she was cast. And there was a little part of me that's like that actor inside that's like, God, are you kidding me? But I could do this. Is this was for me? I sang this with George just a number of months ago. Are you kidding me? But but there's but that but the reality is when they did the when they did suddenly Seymour on it was important exactly yeah. when, when they did suddenly Seymour on that show. I watched it and there were some things inside of me that there were things inside of me that said, you know what? So many trans people are going to feel heard and seen and are going to feel some kind of way about getting to see themselves represented on a screen, playing a role that is just a woman. And even more so, quite frankly, I mean, this is the even more thing is that because they changed keys for MJ in those sections and worked to make sure that it that it lives in a space that she felt alive and comfortable and beautiful, because of that, even more trans people are going to go, if they did that for someone, then there is the remote possibility that they would also do it for me. And I think that in some ways, that speaks to the world in a way that if, for instance, if I had booked that little shop and just saying suddenly see more in the key as it is, people would have been excited about a trans woman, but at the same time, it could have been a matter of like, well, great for her. She can do that. But like, I can't sing that. So, I mean, oh. so what am I supposed to do? So I do think that it was a, like a double whammy gift or a triple whammy gift that like I could cheer on MJ for looking this. I could watch her change the world on a, on a late night show for a lot of people's minds, open minds. And then on top of that, be able to sing the role in a way that made her feel affirmed and, and full and like she was 
you know, in the right place to tell this story. It's like everything happens perfectly. That was, that was MJ's moment. And something actually happened. Like I, there was a trip I went on like a week or the next day, actually, from when that showed that I was like, this was why I was, this was why I was available because I needed to go on this trip. I needed to have this particular trip happen for my own sort of space and well-being and sort of who I am and what my journey is. There's that situation of we're all, we're actors. So there's always going to be that, like, I could have booked that. But like, that is also just a part of, it's a part of being an actor. And so I think that because there's only a handful of us out here who are even being seen, that it makes things so much more intense in some ways because you're like, You're like, what trans women are, what trans women are out here that are able to sing Audrey? And you're like, there's only a few. There's only a few that I know of that are getting enough, getting into the rooms enough to be seen. There's the excitement for that because some little kid will see that and say, oh my God, I can learn this song in my class. Or some college kid will see that and go, it's okay for me to learn this material because it's possible that this could happen. Some teacher needs to see that for when they have a student that comes to them and says, I want to learn Audrey and they want, so that they can fight their instinct to say, that hasn't been done, it won't be done, you're going to be Seymour. Like to tell that child who is a woman that, or a little, or a little girl that wow. could crush her dreams and now she has examples of women doing it. And quite frankly, even that Broadway, you know, even the Broadway sense of her freedom, I'm like, I'd like to believe that some kid will go, oh my God, there's another trans woman. Like, there's another yes. trans woman also singing this. This happens, yes. the thing. I guess it doesn't say that I am trans on the on the video. So there is there might not be the knowing, I guess, but like that is something that I've run into a little bit um, mm-hmm. that has become interesting, like when people don't know. Not that I want to have to wear a banner on my head, but at right. the same time, I do think that is, it is useful for people to know when things turn out right. Mm, right. I guess the, the question is, how do you want it to be like presented? Even when I was writing like sure. the bio today and I was sure. like, how do I make sure to appropriately represent you? Reveal. I mean, and I mean, it's, so it's one of those things where there are, you don't want, it's the, it's the same as, I, I think of it as similar to race. Mm-hmm. So like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say, you know, Elle Morgan is a black woman who, but also people can look at me and go, oh, she's black or, oh, she's ethnic of some sort. Like they, they can yeah. look at me and see that I'm black. I think that transness is something that's a little bit more fickle and that some people can look at Elle Morgan and go, oh, she's trans. And there's other people that will go, I don't know. Like, so I mean, I think like there's a, there's a matter of, it's not something that you necessarily see because people don't necessarily keep their eyes open to see that, which is wonderful for me in my personal life and my safety of, of you know, navigating the streets and the world. But at the same time, in terms of career, it can be tricky because, because there, I do believe that there are preconceptions of what a trans person is. And if you do not, if you don't fit what that is for creative teams or casting, then it can be tricky for you in terms of being booked because there are a lot of casting people who are, for instance, a lot of creative teams, a lot of casting who are writing shows and who are wanting to be gender inclusive and wanting to be, you know, fitting the diversity. With trans people, it's, there are so many different kinds of trans people that what that means is slightly different for different groups. Yeah. So if this person is, like, I'm a binary trans woman. So the things that I want to play are women. Like, it really is just that simple. So for me, it's like, you're not changing the wheel by using me because, because 
I'm just doing, I mean, you are changing the world because it hasn't really been done a lot, but you're not, it shouldn't be so foreign in your mind to bring me in for a role that is a woman. That is not, woohoo, that's not magic. Um, so, but, but I do think that getting to a place where people fully understand that is the work for the future. I think that is the road that we're actually on to get there because that's something that it happens. And I, and I start to see in some instances, I do believe that I start to, I see it in auditions happen where like someone behind the table does not know. And then I see the moment that they find out or the moment that they know, like I can feel it. Um, and it's sometimes when, when I'm in callbacks for something, I was called in for a role in Cat on and Roof a few months back. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm getting called in for, and it was, it was for May, who was the wife of Rick's brother, who's like pregnant the whole show and has children running around. And I was like, amazing. Like if I get to go in for this track, like amazing. I mean, I'd much rather be going in for a Maggie moment, but if, if you're going to bring me in for May, like, Hey, that's, that's actually a kind of a cool thing. Um, but I, I realized in those auditions, there was a point where, and I got called back a couple of times and like during the callback process, there were moments when I started thinking, you know, what's interesting about this is I am in a room full of women who have resumes who are at a certain place in their career. And this is really like, in theory, I have been in the business long enough that this makes sense. And I should be in these rooms with these women. But on my current resume, I only have present the things that are not going to hurt me in terms of being seen. So my resume doesn't actually include sort of the fullness of what I've done over the years. It includes the things I'm able to include without having trouble. Um, and so it makes me sometimes look a little bit more green than I actually am. And I think that that can sometimes be a thing where it makes me go, how do I navigate that when I'm in spaces going in for shows that are Broadway level or are on major national tours or like things that are at a certain sort of level where the resumes around me are going to be thick and healthy. And I will say that this award season has made that really lovely because, yes. because it is, it's real nice to be able to put things like, you know, Lucille Lortel nominee and like in the other things that sort of have been happening around the show. It's nice to be able to sort of like star those things on the resume. So the people go, Oh wait, no, she knows what she's doing. Like she's yes. not like, because I'm also like, I'm not 20 years old either. So it's like, so I'm someone that's like, I have some, I've got some life under my belt to bring to things, but I'm, I'm, my resume doesn't always reflect that. And like what is on the resume now is really representative of like, only the past like two or three years and it's good because of for it to only be those past two or three years it's pretty decent but like but at the same time if I could put everything it would be really lovely but I can't do that because our business is based on perception and I won't get called in for the things that I'm being called in for if mm -hmm. my resume reflects sort of the fullness of what I've done wow yeah that it just it's opening up my my eyes to like so many things that maybe I haven't thought of. And, you know, sure. and, and when people even say like award season, you know, how important is it and how much is it this and how much is it that, but then when it works out positively and when it positively affects someone with yeah. the nomination, then you're like, Oh, thank goodness for them. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm not a big, like, it's funny because I didn't even, like, I never even realized there were this many different awards right. that come out around this season. I was like, oh my God, there's so many of them. To even, I said this, and I think I said this on my Instagram wall, it was like, it's funny because I was that person that's like, when people are like, oh my God, it's just, it's such a gift to be nominated. And I'm like, what a joke. Like, you know that you wanted to win an award. Like, stop it. Like, don't be, don't be sweet about it. 
But like the reality is when you are nominated, at least when I was nominated, I like burst into tears. Like it was a big deal for me. And on many levels, it was like a, it was a score for us. It was a score for black women. It was a score for trans women. It was a score for black trans. Like it was one of those things where for me, it was a, it was a moment of being noticed that that will always be attached to my name now, which is yeah. like, that's just, it's, it's, it's cool when you're, it's cool when you're like in the VIP room. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, but at the same token, it's like, yeah, awards, awards, awards. But it's like, yeah, but like, but when you get a chance to taste the Kool-Aid, it's like, it actually is like pretty good and like helpful. It's just, let's, let's not put all of the weight on them because there are so many performances that are not recognized that should be recognized. Right. But that's, a, it's a game we play that we don't, like, I didn't, ex- I honestly didn't even expect that, that nomination. So like to get that was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yay, we're so happy you got it. Thank you. I feel like I could literally talk to you all day. This has gone so over and I apologize (laughs) for taking up your time. (laughs) I always like to end this though, asking if there are any nonprofits you want to like shout out and if there's anything specific people should look out for with you. The Okra Project. Mm. Okra Project is one that people should definitely pay attention to. It is an organization that is run by Ian Phil Stewart that is providing food to Black trans people who are not able to, you know, afford to eat. Because sometimes life presents things, especially in this kind of a period, where life presents obstacles where someone might not be able to have, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And the Okra Project is really good about like providing groceries for these people and giving them a place to go. James Jackson. I know. I was, was going <laughs> to give you a shout out. <laughs> um, the Okra Project is really great about providing that resource for people. So that would be like the main one. Things that are coming up. I have the Kings of Broadway, which is at the end of the month coming up. There's a concert on June the 4th that was just announced. That's for New Alternatives, which is probably another group that people can look at, um, New Alternatives. It's a concert that Titus Burgess is in, Angela Burchett, I think Alex Newell is in it. Um, the list is a little crazy of the people that are kind of involved. Marty Thomas is in it. Yeah, so that's a fun group. It's another one of these concerts that will be streamed. Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things coming up. There's one thing that I can't talk about that's coming up, but... That will come up. If you stay tuned to my website, you'll be able to find that. Yeah. Awesome. And what, just so everyone knows, where can they find you on social media and your website? You can find me on website, lmorganlee.com. On Twitter, it's lmorgan underscore Lee. On Instagram, lmorganlee. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Say hello, people. I, I like to engage, so. Yes, for sure. And if y'all been in, say that. Say hello. hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've been enjoying this series, the show must go online. Continues next week and will continue throughout quarantine. So you can find that all on bwayshow.com. I have all the past guests and then all the future guests, so you can stay up to date. And then you can find me at bwayshow b w a y s h o. And on that note, thank you so, so much, El Morgan. It has been a true honor to talk with you. And this has been really lovely. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the seventh episode of B-Way Show, the podcast.
If you like what you heard, please subscribe so you can be a spy on the inside for future episodes. To see my conversation with L. Morgan, head over to B-Way Show YouTube. Thanks as always to Kyle Braxton, aka Geddon, for these awesome beats, Jelani Remy for the beautiful intro riff, and Chelsea Hill, aka Illustrating Diva, for the cool cover art. If this was your jam, you can become a Showtreon. Head over to patreon.com slash bwayshow. We do weekly trivia and monthly video chats. It's a fun time. Come check it out. We don't know the future of live theater or when Broadway will be back, but we do know it's on all of us to get through this pandemic. Wear a mask, vote, be safe, and let's take care of ourselves. We'll see you at the show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.